race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my desk mate, Jacob. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, apparently, uh, for our Patreon patrons, and if you use Patreon for some anything, even if it's not us, like it was a banking switchover or something, so you might have been unsubscribed. So you might want to go check that out. If uh, yeah, if you, if you use Patreon for anything. And uh, yeah, and if you didn't realize, we've got a Patreon. So go uh, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash broken jars. Is that it? Just broken jars? Yeah, just broken jars. Just broken jars. All types of fun stuff, tears, discords, private conversations, lewds, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we had set up the lewd tier yet. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's lewds slash lewds. So it's 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 scantily clad members of broken jars, primarily the men. And then it's also drugs that are lewds. So there's a lot going on. I mean, that's a million-dollar tier. Don't worry. You know, just a few of you will get it. I think the only person anyone would really want to see is, like, maybe Director Alex. I think she's in the best shape of anybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in bad shape, but I'm definitely not in a let's get naked for the internet kind of shape. Well, that's why I was like trying to focus on the guys because I think <laughs> you know we can be an inspiration to a. I, I don't know. I don't know who would be inspired by a bunch of sacks of potatoes in front of microphones. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this is the Office Podcast. We're here to talk about the Office. Big episode today as we wrap up season seven. Yes. And I'm, man, I, I'm glad to be done with season seven. It feels like it's just gone on forever and I don't know why. Yeah, no, I don't know either, but it was a long season. A lot happened. Um, so we're getting into search committee parts one and two directed by Jeffrey Blitz and written by Paul Lieberstein. So as we all recall, there was an unfortunate incident with D'Angelo. Right. Uh, he dunked too hard. And uh, so he's out. He's out. And now there's a search committee who are looking for uh, a new leader of the office. Right. And in the meantime, yeah. they make Creed the manager. It, it's great because Bobati. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he rolls up in a Porsche. It throws the keys to no one. <laughs> yeah. Parks across like two and a half spots. I don't even think he's in spots. He's just like right in front of the building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's a cool boss. I mean, he throws, uh, he's throwing meetings without saying, hey, there are meetings. Right. Uh, he, we, we find out he cannot spell. Right. He spills business, B-I-Z, in U.S. Yep. Yep. Uh, apparently, there's Ted and Elroy who work at the, uh, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. work there that we've never met. Uh, he's trying to get Jordan, I think is her name. Yeah. To figure out what language she's talking. And he starts like, Talking about gibberish. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's got everything on lock. Uh, so while he's running the office so dutifully, uh, it is Toby, Jim, and what the hell is his name? Uh, Gabe. Gabe. That's it. I was thinking Gary. So Gabe. Yep. So the three of them, uh, you know, Jim is the most, the closest would have been manager. 
previously had been a manager. Right. Like, did you just not want to be a manager that bad? You, or like, yeah, it right. seems weird that like at this point he wouldn't just be like, I'll do it because Joe would have made him the manager first before if he had asked, you know, like, Hey, I want to do it. Cause and we also saw her that like she called him and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's really, it's just really interesting because it's never really brought up and we know from a manager and a salesman uh, that, you know, the reason he wanted to be a salesperson was the uncapped commission. Right. Then they later recapped commission or capped it for the first time. So maybe there was a, a re-re-uncapping and uh, that's why he wants to stay in sales. But it seems well, like... Well, yeah. So like the big question is, was there a second conversation between Joe and Jim about if he would do it? Um, and... Because that's the big, right? If there wasn't, then it just seems like a stupid oversight that we immediately leave Dwight, don't even ask Jim again, and go straight to... Right, Will. it really does. Yeah, but uh, our first uh, candidate is Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a three-step plan. Right, with multiple parts. And I got to say, th- this is a, it's great. Doesn't it make a whole lot of sense? Because I do think someone would propose that they have a plan. Right. But... Yeah, and why wouldn't the interviewers be like, okay, what's the plan? Well, what's the gist of a plan? Right, right. So he ends up giving part three of part two. Color code said documents TM. Right. It's it's a a verbally binding contract. It's it's mine. Uh, I love Will Arnett. He is, like, I, I loved him in, obviously, Arrested Development, but he's great as Lego Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. I love like it's probably one of my favorite movies to come out in the last three or four years is, is Lego Batman. Like, I think it's yeah. so funny to me. No, uh, he's uh I was we were just watching Bojack Horseman the other day. Oh uh-huh, Bojack, yeah. Yeah. Just just good. Would have been so so similarly at this point, at when you're watching it the first time, did you know like were like every time someone new came up, were you like, Oh my goodness, like that, how cool would that be if that person was uh, I the first time watching it I knew that there was going to be a lot. I remember reading that there was going to be a lot of cameos. Right. And the one who I thought might actually get it was Jim Carrey. Because it was a lot. I remember there being a lot of internet buzz about Jim Carrey being the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I still had hopes. And I got to say, not a big Ricky Gervais fan today. But back then, I thought that would have been the coolest thing because he shows up again. Right. Um, But aside from that, I mean, I definitely would not have thought James Spader. You know, but like watching it now, it's so obvious because they linger on his character a lot more. Right. And um, we, yeah. Well, I, I love it because he's just like, Jim is so creeped out. But he's like, he creeps me out, but I think he might be a genius. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I, I know it's a very unpopular opinion, but I love Robert California. Yeah, no, he's grown on me for sure. And, it, and I think it's one of those things where it's, everyone blames season eight's woes on him. Where I think it's just like a change in the writing, and you know, because this it's about time, like, well, because Steve Carell's no longer part of the creative staff either, you know, right? You know, uh, Michael Schur had left for yeah. Parks and Rec, Lieberstein uh, had just become showrunner, so there was a lot of transition there. So I, I think as a lot of season eight gets gets dumped on, or Robert California gets dumped as the the scapegoat for the woes of season eight which i i 
for the most part, I think it's a pretty good season. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially the further I get away from it. It's, I mean, I'm a firm believer that like, like Bob's Burgers, for example, I came to that show late. Mm-hmm. So by the time I started watching it, I had like three seasons to catch up on. Right. And then when I'm watching season four, it just feels different. But that's because I'm watching it piecemeal, you know? Right. If, I, yeah. if it was all available at once, I would have felt more cohesive to me. Right. Well, that's kind of what we did, except I, I came to Bob's Burgers. What, they're what, season seven now? Yeah. yeah. I guess this was the first season I'd watch, like, episode to episode. Right. Or week to week. So, I, I mean, I yeah, once I started watching that show, I binged it so hard. Oh, so easy. But that's the thing, right? So, the first six seasons, they all feel like the same show to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely feel that. I mean, it's so like, weird to forget how rough the first half season of that show is. It's right. Really right. rough, but cuz you can just watch, you can just power through it. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about these seasons as we get further away from the original viewing of it. We're like at the time it didn't feel like The Office, but now I know it's The Office. Right. So when, when you're beasting through them on a weekend or whatever, you're like, "Oh yeah, same show, same show." Right, right. Okay, so that's Will Arnett. Uh, Daryl's also up for the part. Mm-hmm. Part. I work with a lot of actors. Warren Buffett shows up. Yeah. <laughs> wanting like 27 cents a mile. <laughs> I've never heard of a... <laughs> I've never heard of a company... And I, I got the assumption that it was like they were going to give him 25 cents a mile to come to work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what it seemed like. But I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, I'll say... There's a similar joke in 30 Rock uh, where uh, Scott, I forget his, I don't know, Scott Adsist, he plays uh, Pete Hornberger. He uh, is able to negotiate a per diem on gas or whatever also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I work in the city now and they will give me a chunk of my travel expenses, but it's out of my own check already, but it's pre-tax as part oh. of like an incentive or whatever. That's kind of so, cool. Yeah. So I wonder if like quote unquote cities, because obviously we're talking about Scranton here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought was because like so where I work. So if if you're if you're traveling, you have to do the mileage from the headquarters and not from where you start. So I live west of my my office building. So if I'm going east, I ha- I don't get to charge for the miles that you know that it takes me to basically get to work and then keep going into the state. Like I don't like, it doesn't start doing stuff until like I get on the same longitude, latitude longitude, as like the office. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm like, and I, you know, that's how a lot of companies are. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, especially now that I've, I've worked here for, where I worked for a couple of years, rewatching this, I'm like, man, who gets paid to go to work? Yeah. Yeah. Lucky people. Um, so Robert California Peel. So it's played by James Spader. Uh, you may know him if you watched a lot of late 80s, 90s movies. Oh, yeah, man. He was the dude in um, Stargate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The nerd. <laughs> so it's Robert California is a bit of a different take. Yeah. On James Spader, mm-hmm. you know he's also in um, oh, Blacklist, which if you want sort of like a serial, like a, a serialized, uh, you know, FBI type of show, is pretty good. Yeah, Ultron. I, if you like Avengers, he's Ultron. Yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. <laughs> I didn't like Age of Ultron, 
I didn't. Not, not, not the best one. No, yeah. but it wasn't him. It was just, I think it was a weak script. Yeah. Um, so he comes from deep sea drilling experience. Mm. Um, so I think that was his previous job. But the way he talks about selling, I feel like he's come from a lot of different companies. Right. He's, you know, don't, I don't, you know, there, there is no product. Yeah. You know, I see you. I see your face, your hopes, your dreams, your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is about sex. Uh, can I also mention too, and maybe it's been happening, but especially this episode, like Toby really starts to look really gaunt, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, like, this is when everyone's like, is he sick? Yeah, I know he's always said he doesn't didn't have anything, but I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, because he just looks terrible. And then I think people try to factor that into uh, him being the Scranton Strangler theory, as if it's like some secret that he fucking starved himself <laughs> so that he would look like he felt guilty or something like that. <laughs> uh, Maybe, but yeah, yeah, it's very noticeable. You're like, wow, Toby looks really bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he has this, and there's a really great exchange with him, with Jim, where, so Jim is basically admitting that obviously California is very confident, and right. he tries to do this diplomatic phrasing of a question about if, you know, he'll take feedback. Right. Will then, you be heard? Yeah. And then California just does this amazing bit where he is literally saying the opposite of what he's doing and coaxing, quote unquote, correct answers from Jim. Right. And then being like, yeah, see, that was your choice, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're, you're not the type to be bowled over. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's messed up. How it, it, he's just, he's a, I love him as a character, but he is a messed up person. Oh yeah. He is yeah. bad shit, but yeah. he is, a li- I, I love him as a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like we, we see later on about how, like, I don't know if he's brilliant or if he just knows how to talk and that like, like he, he, it always seems like he's going nowhere and then he's like, but when he's done, when he gets, finally gets there with his sentences, you're like, oh man, this guy's brilliant. Uh, that's the thing. He, he, I think I'm just realizing this now, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he does seem to be the, the opposite, like the bizarro Michael Scott, right? Right. Because Michael does that thing where he's very confident, but he just never gets there. You know, his improvisations. He's like, my philosophy is to never do anything to anyone ever. For any reason. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to California who just like figures it out and gets there and everybody's all like, oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and it's almost always related to sex. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's Michael's big foil, right? Like he's always just trying to have it. So right. it's like, man, we just figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I think going with well, I mean, granted, Andy becomes manager, but having sort of the boss person be someone like Robert California, they almost had to do. Because yeah. if it was a My- Michael Scott-esque character, it would be much more of the, uh, you know, that, oh, it's just, a, you know, it, it's a cheap version of Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah, right. People so would have been like, you're just trying to do the same thing. Right. And yeah. so keep this huge departure to Robert California, I think was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch, there's this British sitcom called coupling it's by, it's by St- Stephen Moffat. Um, and it stars the dude who plays some, something Norrington in the pirates movies. Uh, I haven't, I know of the show, but I've never seen it. It's hilarious. It's genius. That being said, there's a, a fuzzy haired character. If you're looking at the picture, 
and it's like a cast of six. Yeah. Basically, it's basically friends. And then at the third season, the Afro kid guy who just, he looks like a Kramer basically. Right. He ends up leaving and they bring on another Kramer-esque character who like has different quirks, but obviously he's there to fill the role and it feels terrible. Right. A long way to say, yes, Jacob, that is a correct assessment <laughs> of why they did this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Daryl comes in, doesn't really, I guess he doesn't think he needs the interview. Like, right. I mean, Joe says it later, but the dude's had this job for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not actively looking for work, it's really easy to forget how this happens. Especially too, because like, for example, my application to work at Walgreens when I was 16 was very different for than like my social media manager position that I just got. Right. So like he, he doesn't know how like an adult job interview goes basically is what's happening here. Yeah. That, that's probably a good assessment. Yeah. Um, but, he, but he also thinks that he's like, look, I'm good friends with Jim. It's, you know, it's a given. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they ask him a question about like, how would you handle conflict? Like, it's like learning and growth. And yeah. Yeah. Opportunity. He's just like floundering all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's rough. And then he doesn't, at the end of it, he doesn't even have a resume. So he's got to go put that together, which we find out later is ends up being four pages for two jobs. Right. I mean, my, my full resume is like three and a half pages. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was a consultant for a long time, so it's really hard to, like, talk about all that in a concise way. Yeah, see, the with the social media stuff, it's like the resume ends up being like, a, look at what I can do. Like, you have to turn your resume basically into a tweet. <laughs> so all of your experience in, like, 280 characters. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so our next applicant we see is Ray Romano. Right. Um, but he's in the lobby. Uh, what, did he just get a coffee, right? Yeah, he's getting, he like runs into Robert California. And I don't know if like California was just talking shit to psych him out or if he really meant everything he was saying. But he was talking about how like everyone's up there is just like waiting to die and there's no life. <laughs> yeah, this is the one, the, the notch in Robert California's like mythos that doesn't jive well with me. Because the way this scene plays out makes it seem as if he wants this job. And if he wants this job, that indicates to me that maybe he's like, he needs a job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Robert California that we know doesn't ever like need a job, right? Because like, wouldn't he be confident enough in himself that he did that interview and made everybody feel awkward in their pants? But then also he goes and psychs out other candidates. But I guess maybe that's exactly him, right? Well, it's, uh, I mean, the, the, the whole mental warfare part is yeah. just, it seems like something he would do because that's who he is. Right. Not that he, not that it would help him get the job or not get the job. It's just, he's going to screw with someone's head. Right. He just likes exercising those muscles. Right. Right. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know. It's like, it's just like, it, I think it's sort of the, it's so ingrained in his personality that he yeah. does it without really thinking yeah yeah because i guess i was wondering like why is he still lingering there and probably because like you said well that and i think he was trying to get like get a coffee or something just get, all right oh okay that's fair that's you know, fair. It, we see <laughs> like it could be just the obvious answer dude wanted coffee and like dwight is like completely disheveled looking for oh, jobs worst beard i've ever seen <laughs> so patchy <laughs> uh yeah he's openly looking for jobs in the newspaper at his desk right yeah. And then, so 
California pisses him off for this whole thing about paper and you know the the job and he's like all right i'm gonna do it but you know then california just like looks at him with this really like soul penetrating glare he's like i just i figured you out no you didn't (laughs) it was back and forth he's like i did it's not worth my time uh so so that kind of inspires dwight actually uh to get his foot back in the race right do you see me wearing a hat no, because it's in the ring. Yeah. Uh, so back upstairs, Ray Romano, in between scenes, has decided that he's going to blow this job interview because he doesn't want to work there. Right. Instead of saying, you know what, sorry, I'm not interested. He, he just goes in and he does his best to sabotage the interview. Right. It's all like, it's talking about like... Why are we going to leave your other job? job. Yeah. Between the... The wads and the offs, I just had to get out of there. And like, he wants relocation so he can move farther away. So he doesn't have to worry about seeing his coworkers. Yeah. And uh, to- Toby interjects. He's like, I'm sorry if we did something to offend you. It was inadvertent or whatever. And that's when he realized he's like, oh, that dude played me. Yeah. <laughs> played like a fiddle. Why, why'd I, why'd I listen to that creep in the lobby? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a, there's some other fun stuff. So like, uh, Andy comes in. Well, actually, let, let's sort of hit one of the, the side stories. Uh, Angela gets engaged to the senator. Um, and there's this great bit where Oscar's like, as a gay man, horrified. As a friend of Angela, horrified. As a lover of elegant weddings, excited. Yeah, but mostly horrified. But all in all, mostly horrified. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's... So that's a thing. And so... You know, Angela ends up being like really bitchy to Pam's like, you know, hey, do you have the plans for your dream wedding you didn't get to have? Yeah, right. And then when Pam's like, oh, I did have my dream wedding. She's like six months pregnant or whatever at Niagara Falls. That, that, that was really your dream? Yeah. Yeah. So, but so Andy comes in and Gabe gets really confrontational with because yeah. he's not over you know, Aaron and all this stuff. So he gets really pissy about it. And then... <laughs> well, it's funny, right? Because it starts with like a random ass question. And Andy's not 100% sure. And then Gabe pivots into like astronomy trivia about the sun specifically. And for whatever reason, and it happens, Andy happens to know a lot about the sun. Now, to be fair, I too knew the distance between Earth and the sun because I had a high school band called 93 Million Miles until we were contacted on MySpace from somebody in like Iowa saying, hey, we have that band name first. So then we changed it to something else. But for that week, Jacob, I knew the distance between the Earth and the sun. Yeah, that's the only bit of sun trivia I know like off the top of my head. But Andy starts popping him off and uh, Jim's kind of impressed. We don't really see Toby, but you just see Gabe kind of getting angrier and angrier than like one of my favorite lines i think from this season <laughs> shut up about the sun shut up about the sun <laughs> and we see like andy in his car like i wanted that to go better i'm so <laughs> yeah. confused <laughs> yeah yeah it's great <laughs> um all right so so daryl is working on his resume uh he can't find the microsoft word help assistant so ends up calling microsoft looking for clippy <laughs> and sort of while all this is going on like pam is realizing that creed is like doing stuff to hurt the branch and like right. she's like why is this on me yeah <laughs> and she's like but she like ends up like doing all this random shit to creed 
Like corporate want needs you to find the, the differences in these two pictures. Yeah. And pretending to be clients and Yeah, because then Creed decides he's gonna create his own paper company. So Pam ends up uh doing like this Miss Doubtfire thing where she's pretending to be different clients and has to talk to herself and stuff. Right. And she's like terrible at impressions, right? Because like all of them are like some form of like old timey, like Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I miss I see what you're saying. <laughs> uh so Kelly comes in to interview and Gabe is super unprofessional with her. Yeah. Like that that's I think worse than what he did to Andy. Like just, uh, just like flat out telling a candidate like, oh, you're we don't I don't consider you a serious candidate. Yeah, mostly because of the racial and gendered implications by Gabe's handling of that. He's like, listen, you're Indian, you're a woman, obviously. That's not what he says, but him treating her that way is what someone would perceive it as, right? Right, right. And that's yeah, and that's really bad. But there, there's a great line from Kelly where she's like, um, "It's like, aren't, aren't you?" Or Jim asks her because she talks about managing her own department. She's like, "Aren't you the only person in there?" He's like, "She's like, yes." And I'm a very difficult employee, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not easy to manage. I think is what she says. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Dwight starts bugging Jim about trying to get an interview. I mean, so yeah. and Jim Flat is out bribing him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, turns out that um, Gabe gets pulled out, right? Kelly gets put in, and right. uh, and that this bribe was offered to the three people of the search committee. Jim not taking it, and the other two seeming to take it, right? Right. Well, I mean, I don't know if Toby took it or not, but he he says something that indicates. I mean, that are like again, it's just weird, gaunt Toby. Well, I mean, odd. he definitely does say like maybe Dwight wouldn't be so bad, right? But I don't, it didn't seem like he wasn't pushing for Dwight, like uh, Kelly, it does. Yeah, I guess, because Toby has generally seemed to be a good HR employee. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just him knowing, especially like an episode after he filled out all of Gunn's gun accident paperwork, that he might have better judgment than that, you know? That's why I feel like that's why he probably took the bribe. Ah, well, I can see that because, yeah, maybe. And, you know, it was a pretty good bribe, you know, get to come right. in at 10, have all the sex you want. <laughs> yeah, sex room. Um, okay, so let's see. Did you see them in the bathhouse? I don't remember that. What is that? Well, it's something, oh, so for whatever reason, Pam and Oscar are talking about the senator at Kelly's desk. And well, I think it's, I think it's when it is. And, you know, yeah, and he's like, I think the senator is gay. Right. It's like, why? Did you see him at the bathhouse beside the Baskin-Robbins? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, what, the, the building with the windows? Oh, I'm never going to know what goes on in there. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan comes in, just straight takes money out of Kelly's purse. He's like, oh, you mean how the senator's gay? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so Joe ends up showing up. Mm-hmm. And she's looking for an update or whatever, but it seems like she's going to participate in the next few interviews. Um, but before that happens, Dwight also asks her directly for an interview. And she's a lot more blunt about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you an interview right now. Okay, have you ever fired a gun in the office? Well, yeah. It's not that simple, but it is. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so eventually it leads to Dwight just texting his resume to her and just as a show of the times, 
um, each line that she gets is costing her 10 cents a minute because she's roaming. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I, yeah. You don't but roam. even when this happened, that was a really rare thing. I mean, I, I remember when this episode premiered, I was like, who still roams? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's great. So he stops and, um, Right. Then we're introduced to Creed poaching and all of Pam's voices. Yeah, because this, this was 2011. So, I mean, most text packages were pretty nat- nationwide at that time. Yeah. I mean, I guess the... Because like every... I mean, I don't know. You have to really go out of your way, I guess, to get a phone plan nowadays where texting is separate. Like everything is a, always unlimited text now, right? Right, right. It's got to be. Um, okay, so another person shows up for an interview but this person is a burn victim which is not funny jacob i knew you were gonna laugh you're so insensitive god <laughs> uh, a dude shows up he's a french dude um and uh <laughs> yeah basically jim's like reading out his resume and jim spots it immediately because he starts calling him an assistant to the regional manager at right. his previous job He's like, he's supposed to be French. Yeah. Like, oh, assistant to the region, or assistant regional manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Joe is pretty sure it's Dwight. She's not as sure, um, but does get to a place where she basically says, I need Dwight in here also now, um, where he does the big reveal, pulls off his bandages. Like, what's Liam Neeson in that movie, Dark Man? Oh, just yeah. Like, just like Dark Man. And uh, Jim plays it off really well. Not understanding. Like, oh, no, God. What? No. Yeah. How? <laughs> um, so Andy's performance would probably keep. What's that talking about? From actually being manager? Because does Andy do something? Oh, oh, yeah. What? Um, so Gabe says something. So Kelly came in and just told Gabe, or Joe, like, look, this is what Gabe's doing. Um, oh, right. And so... You know, they're talking about like who is this person from Cornell, and Gabe starts talking shit about Andy. Right. But we know that Andy is not a good salesperson. Granted, that's not the only requirement, and he also does become the manager, as you know, we know in next season. But um, it's really like he is not very good at his job. And so I think that in most normal business cases, he would not be allowed to be the man. Yeah, I will say, I think you're right, but I think that is a flaw in the way companies often work, right? Because management skills and sales skills are not the same thing. So good performance in one shouldn't indicate that you're good in the other. Right, and, but it's and Michael also, is a great example of that generally, right? Right, but the but the also at least from what we've seen is that the manager is like the big gun, you know, like when they really need a deal, they bring Michael in. Right, right. You know, and so that's the kind of thing where I think that's like Well, you, I guess though, I wonder if if that's the case because Michael's Michael. Like with Charles there, did Charles ever go out on a sales call? You know, I mean, not that we know of, but he was also like, I, he wasn't there for very long. Right. You know, um, but it's also really, uh, well, I shouldn't say really obvious. It's much more rare that the people above Michael would go out on a sales call, even though Pan, or Jan did in season two. Um, right. But I don't know if Ryan ever did. Right. Um, yeah, no, but th- that's a good point. But that's similarly, like, that's why the skills are different, right? Right. And so, 
because Michael, because my old job, we had a VP of sales. Plus we had a VP of finance and like all these. Right. Um, so those people were skilled in those particular things, you know, mm-hmm. but as a regional manager, he's also overseeing finance and customer service and stuff. So obviously it helps that he's skillful in sales, but he has to kind of be good in all of it. Right. Right. But I was just, I was, I was just saying like in a more normal business environment, I don't know if Andy's performance. Right. And there's nothing in his background to say he would be a good manager, right? Yeah, I mean, he was the regional director of sales at one point. Yeah, which was nothing. I mean, as nothing as all of Dwight's yes. titles also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, he was technically Josh's. No, he was not Josh's number two. I guess his number three, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the number two before Jim showed up. Yeah. So there's this whole other beast. Well, not really a beast. It's like a C or D storyline that's that's through both episodes is Phyllis and Aaron are waiting, I guess, for a DNA test to see if they're related because Aaron was given up in the same roughly time and place that Phyllis gave up a kid. Right. So, um, so there, there's this whole like mother-daughter dynamic going on this episode, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Um, so one thing we run into is Aaron is, is a really admit to herself that she wants to be with Andy. Yeah. And so like uh, Phyllis is like, look, if you really want him, go for him. Yeah. And so we see this scene um, where Aaron has a sock puppet and is asking Andy out on a date. Yeah. And this is really weird because he pines for her for so long. And then when she comes back, he's like, just shoots her down. Yeah. I mean, I've said it from the beginning, but they, they do weird things to Andy that I don't think not even is not in character for him, but are just weird things for any person to like go from this place to this place that fast, you know, like they, they use him a lot and like, what do we need him for? So we need him to be this angry foil, right? He goes to anger management, then he's like basically a totally different guy with like very few allusions to his anger issues. Um, and then they need him to be this manager and like they just do weird things with him. I'm not a big fan of. So I'm super stoked when he is interested in Aaron again once he's manager, you know? But this moment that you're talking about is weird. Yes, it's very weird. I hate it. And, but like... <laughs> Either way, like the way he handled it was just, granted, Aaron probably shouldn't have done it in front of the entire office, but it's kind of how... She does things. I mean, she broke up with Gabe in front of everybody, right? Right. But it's also very Andy-esque. Yeah. You know, because, you know, that's kind of how how he asked um, Angela Angela out and all that stuff. So, but yeah, he just kind of like shits all over and walks away. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is not a cool thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, it's all those like fake proposals at sports games when it's on the Jumbotron. A dude asks this woman and then the woman like slaps him and pours beer on him because she doesn't want to marry him. <laughs> I mean, how, having just gotten married, our engagement was like the most, the easiest thing. Because obviously in a relationship you talk about maybe marrying someone. Right. So... So I feel like um, it's not realistic. Obviously, when you see it on the Jumbotron, and Andy handled it the same way, as if being asked out by Aaron is offensive. Right, yeah. and that's weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because yeah. Aaron's a cutie pie. Cutie pie. So, <laughs> you know, I do have, like, Andy's just the worst. I really miss Andy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So, so Dwight ends up getting an interview yeah. after he's created. Oh, get, right. A proper interview. Right. Um, we find out that, like, even. Uh, but Joe's left at this point. But even Joe's like, don't screw this up, Jim. Like, she's really, like, put, put it all in his... And so he won't... Um, Which is another thing that's like, why isn't he just the manager, right? She right. trusts him so much. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> uh, right. So she doesn't want to bounce back. She wants the next manager to stick. So, But she also says, give Dwight a chance. Mm-hmm. So Dwight goes, and, uh, you know, Jim's messing around with him or whatever, and he opens admits to the rest of them later that obviously we're not going to consider Dwight uh, but that inspires Dwight to interview himself right um, and obviously not that he's lying right but he's being a little schmoozy but it's a pretty good interview right he he interviews himself yeah uh, was it his first seven things he's gonna do yeah the seven things he's gonna do is uh, safety Profits, entrepreneurship, listening, respect for life, public image, and getting people home on time. Yeah, yeah. Which I, which I love. It's pretty funny. So people took bribes. Jim is very surprised that this is actually happening. And you're like, what? 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 Like, why? Like, he was so bad to us. Yeah, yeah. Because what this? If we go sort of in, you know, time, he was a manager like a couple of weeks ago right right yeah yeah that's exactly right uh, um so for some reason the entire office starts discussing who is gonna who are some examples of managers out of all these interviews you know right uh, um right and in typical office fashion it goes terrible uh ryan wants an outsider and not just like someone out of the office but a homeless person on the edges of society. Yeah, it, it just keeps going. Everyone's like, "Well, should we just vote now?" And Jim's like, "No." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> "They're like, what? What is the point of all of this?" Then he's like, "I don't know." Yeah, I love. It. He's like, uh, "I don't know." This this conversation really got away from me. Yeah. Uh, which I just find funny. Yeah. Um, and um, then, yeah. So. But it, like, why would he even bring it up? That's sort of my thing. No, it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, we had just watched this episode, both of us, but I'm forgetting the specific scene just before it. But essentially, like, you know, he makes a bad joke in the break room to, uh, to Oscar. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, how he's not taking it seriously. And right. Um, I think. Yeah, it's just there's just enough odd stuff happening in the whole office that he feels he has to address it. Yeah, and it happens, but it. Instead of him dictating where the conversation goes, everybody gets to chime in for some stupid reason. Right. Pam and Ryan have a little go at it. And this is like the second time, right? Because they also had the crack uh, debate before when he hates when people say it's like crack. It's like crack, yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin has this really funny bit where he gets he wants to say something, but he's got nothing to say. But he just keeps talking and talking and talking. Uh, and then Angela does the same thing. Yeah, Toby just cuts her off like, Look, we cut Kevin off for the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Daryl comes in with his daughter, um, kind of like trying to like use her as a bargaining chip, right? Right. Which, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, because, you know, Jim and Pam try to do the same kind of thing with D'Angelo with their kid. Right. You know, so maybe it's just one of those things where it's, you know, that's what they're just 
he knows Jim will respond to it. Right, right. So that could be it. Um, so kind of wrapping up, we get like a, a, a quick shot of a bunch of talking heads with all the potential candidates and mm-hmm. how they felt their interview went. Right. Um, and then we get our first look at someone mentioned in the, in the interview process only, but our Finger Lakes guy, which is Jim Carrey. Right. Yeah, I mean, Will Arnett doesn't know what company he's working. Uh, he applied for, thinking it's made refrigeration. Right. Uh, Ray Romano admits that maybe he's self-sabotaging because he actually skipped the first day at a new job to do this interview. <laughs> um, Robert Jeez. California, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Robert California's like, is that they, 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 oh, he's like, they, they will offer me the job. He's like, talk about how the, like, the anticipatory, like, catch in their voice. <laughs> yeah, he, he says there's a pregnant pause. Uh, yep. And then, uh, well, I mean, that's not too weird. I mean, that's the only that's person a, we that's talk a rather about. common saying. Right. Yeah. Um, the only, uh, person we need to talk about, this is the first appearance of Millie Bertram. Right. Who, uh, similarly, I also thought, this is a weird one-off. I mean, A, it's weird that there's two British people interviewing for this job. Um, but B, I was like, you know, she's definitely not going to be the one to get a job. And then when we don't see her in the beginning of next season, I didn't think about her ever again. Like, there's no reason right, for this one to come back. back up in Florida. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so the, the last shot of the uh, season, this episode, is uh, an example of Pam playing the multiple parts right and it's super uh, funny because like (laughs) so she's playing multiple parts and like stanley seems super interested in it yeah yeah um so there it is that is the it that is the it the end it's over the whole office is over thanks for tuning in i'm just kidding uh so what do you think we are getting there we only have 48 ish episodes left (sighs) i mean that's another year of podcasting uh yeah Roughly. It's 20-something episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so what do you think about this episode? Uh, You know, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, It's a good way to end it, you know. Um, I thought it was good that they showed that we we are going away from Michael Scott, period. Yeah, right. Um, You know, it's just kind of a weird season in general. Yeah. I gave us a 2.5 out of five giving away babies yeah um yeah it is a weirder episode and uh it's one of those episodes even though the point of it is like on theme for the arc of the whole show yeah uh, it is kind of like the super bowl episode where it just kind of gets zany because it's an event you know right all the cameos and stuff so so i give this episode 2.3 out of five (laughs) try being jim halpert every once in a while So uh, let's sort of wrap this up. So what, uh, what are your three favorite episodes from the season and your season ranking? So my number three top episode is Andy's Play. Um, I think it brings in some of like really quality like dinner party awkwardness. Right. And it's also another one of those really good away from the office episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Threat Level Midnight, because that is also like an episode that is just the epitome of the Michael Scott humor. Right. Or not even, just his energy. Like when we talked about Threat Level Midnight, you know, when we, when we went through it the first time, it, it was fan service done the right way. In my That's opinion. right. Yeah. Um, and then my number one episode would be uh, Garage Out, because I think that is just like 
you know, going away, Michael's fine. But like, really, Michael's story ends when he finds Holly. So like, having him get engaged to her and saying he's leaving, like, really feels like a good, like, that'd be a great place to end his book. You know, the next two episodes aren't really necessary for his story to feel complete. Right. To me. So I, th- and I think it's a great episode. Mm. Um, so I, I'm actually very similar. But what do you give the season overall? So I give it a 2.8 out of 5. That's what she says. Uh, it's a pretty good season. But like you said, it's a little off uh, because they're obviously like running to this end game here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some oddities about it. But it's a fine season. So I, so number three for me is Wolf.com. Nice. Which ends up being like, there's a, there's a lot going on in that uh in that episode that you don't really register with wolf.com because it's um that's the like the hay festival is that one and it's also when the commission cap comes out right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's i really enjoyed that one uh number two for me is andy's play uh like we're saying it's just a really good character Thing for a lot of a lot of the people, we get a lot of Andy, Andy, Aaron, you know, development. A lot of Angela Dwight development, uh, and then number one is Threat Level Midnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I gave this season a two point seven out of five. Michael Scott's classic. Like it's you can tell they were ramping up for Michael leaving. And I think they let themselves have too much sort of filler and not pacing episodes, but like they, they had to do it in a way to where they, they just had too much filler in there trying to get everything sort of in this line of, of, you know, the, of Michael leaving. So it, it, some of the stuff kind of feels forced. Yeah in the season and again you know new writers and that kind of stuff but yeah like we got to hit 20 plus episodes right um he's not going to be the last episode so like how do we get there right right yeah so but yeah not a bad season not a great season it's slower on my favorite seasons list it's probably next to last after five yeah or in front of five whatever but not bad and you know what? I'm really excited for season eight. Like I said at the top of the show, I really dig Robert California. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, you know, there's eight. a lot of cool stuff that happens in season eight. So you got like Florida and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. I think the pool party episode might be one of my favorite episodes. Oh, I love pool party. Yeah. yeah that's probably a top tenner for me. Yeah. 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 So there you go. A lot of good stuff. Uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us this mm-hmm. far, seven seasons in, like two or three years of podcasting. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And be sure to check out Broken Jars at XYZ for all of our other podcasts. Uh, You can email us, brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. Yeah. We've got like one more year to go. There it is. And two Uh, more seasons. Yeah. Uh, Follow my dog on Instagram, a dog named Jin. You can follow me on Instagram. I think I'm from either Prairie Penguin or Prairie underscore Penguin. Let's see. Uh, no, no idea. You could follow Abby Jacobson from Broad City. <laughs> yeah, you can find me. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for coming out. Y'all, uh, we'll see y'all in two weeks. Peace out. Laters.